0: What's up, everybody? Welcome another edition of Drive for Show DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. Super happy to have you with us, as always. And we might have some new faces watching this week. We have made this show a free show for all Roto Grinders members. Uh, so uh, happy to have you all with us. I know we got the YouTube chat going now, so it's been a while since we've seen a lot of you. Uh, been you know over a year since we had Dan Kramer take all our money in the live uh, draft uh, app when we had those going on, but. Uh, yeah, we'll make this an interactive show. We're going to play a fun game here uh, during the show. We'll break that out in a little bit. So, uh, but before we do that, we'll go ahead and introduce all of us. I am Justin Zuden, a.k.a. STL Cardinals 84. I will be hosting the show as we break down the Honda Classic here this week and take a quick look back to last week's Players' Championship. Uh, joined by two familiar co-hosts. We've got Mr. Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, on one side. Noto, how you doing?
1: Uh, doing really good. Uh, ended up being a profitable week, although uh, it was a little disappointing. I felt like I got so much right. I mean, JT with the win, Brian Harmon, my main man up there with the uh, T three. I also had Sam Burns up there, so I felt like it should have been a lot better. I think I had an eleventh place lineup in the Drive the Green, the five dollar. Uh, so didn't quite get there on Sunday. My main lineup just absolutely landmines everywhere. Uh, no chance with that one. I had Cantlay and Webb. Uh, a couple other guys have missed the cut, so. Um, Luckily, uh, it was a good betting week. Other than that, awesome tournament. Uh, there was a stretch there where uh, we had uh, Brendan Todd shank it on 17, and then Bryson, you know, top his drive, and then Lee Westwood hit like an 80 yard slice. Um, <laughs> for those 15 minutes, I felt like I could be out there with those guys.
0: Yeah, that was pretty wild. That was a pretty wild stretch of golf there on Sunday, and it was a wild tournament. Uh, you know, if profit means getting more than zero dollars back from your entries, that's where I landed last week. Uh, whatever I got back was a bonus. Uh, almost had as many miscuts cuts as made cuts in my player pool, so it wasn't uh, wasn't a great week for yours truly. But uh, hey, we've all got those from time to time. So uh, a lot of people I know on uh, the DFS streets got uh, had the uh, JT bets going, and uh, some even you know bought in live when his number really dropped. So kudos to anybody who uh, got in on that. And, uh, and Noto, I know you called that last week as well. So uh, we'll bring in the other co-host as well, Mr. Tag and Tambo, Tyler Tamboline. How you doing, Tambo? I'm doing well.
2: Another one, anybody and everybody, I think, like you said, had that. And then some re-upped on the 40 to one on Friday with JT, as you mentioned. So it was a strong week. Uh, it could have been a lot better. The mega killed me. Uh, Noto, you definitely did come 11th in the uh, $5 drive the green. TJ and myself reviewed that on the Monday, results db show and i wish i had that lineup in the 71.25 mega it would have shipped it by 30 points and we'd be you know millionaires and going to the toc so i I wish that happened it did not unfortunately certain guys like Webb, finow hatton uh, there was a lot of burns there last week that that crushed us all so uh overall good week though one thing i will say is bryson i we just talked on this show this very show last week about how much we become more of a fan of him I didn't realize until this past week, though, I think I was only a fan when he wasn't about to crush my outright bets versus this week. I got the JT ticket and he's just making even that double bogey was world class. And you've got that happening. And I'm like, man, this guy is just too good and he doesn't go away. So I I was, you know, quite disturbed at that point. I was happy JT finally got it going, you know, on the ninth hole and then had a little run there with the Eagle and whatnot and got it done. So kudos to him. And it was overall a a pretty decent week, but could have been a lot better. That's for sure.
0: We'll try to make this week the week where it is a lot better for all of us uh, with the Honda Classic, but uh, it was definitely a fun players championship and one of the hardest tournaments, I think, to peg for DFS. I mean, so hard to get a six to six lineup because there are just so many big numbers and it seemed like all the chalk just right away Thursday morning, you had Rory, you had Shoffley, you had Cantley, you had Finau uh, and others, you know, just highly owned Top end golfers that uh, just went out and and did absolutely nothing uh, for you know that uh, Thursday morning wave and uh, even you know guys who you might think are safe there's always a double or a triple bogey around the next corner so um, it, it just made for it makes for a really difficult week as far as trying to get all your golfers through the cut and even if they do you know you got to avoid the big numbers on the weekend as well so. Uh, obviously, Thomas ended up taking it down and uh, and had a you know, really good weekend after a, a mediocre start. But uh, Noto, other takeaways from uh, the players for you?
1: Yeah, you got to feel for Lee Westwood a little bit. I mean, uh, back-to-back weeks, uh, solo seconds, uh, he was right there, and it was one of those rounds where he had Band-Aids and uh, duct tape, just trying to hold it together. He was in it all over the place. And I look up, and he's one over par. I was like, man, it feels like he's six or seven over right now and completely out of it. Um, and then he kind of made a run. And, you know, if he didn't three putt 17, he could have been right there. But uh, I was glad to see him make that final putt on 18, get solo second, get that extra 500K or whatever it was. Um, it's always cool seeing him out there with his wife or his girlfriend, whatever she is. Um, yeah, you know, he say, did, I believe. He, Yeah, he uh, he does all the yardages himself and uh, it's just kind of cool. And it sounds like he's going to have his son on the bag for the Masters, uh, which will be cool uh, here in a bit. So uh, good to see him playing. Well, Um, I probably won't be playing him this week, but we can talk about that here in a minute.
0: All right. The uh, the tease for what lies ahead for sure. Tambo, other uh, takeaways from uh, from last week for you.
2: I, I don't know. It's hard to feel bad for Lee Westwood. I love the guy. I, I like, like you said, Noto, it was kind of cool to see him pick up that extra 500 K He got basically API winning money for coming in second at the players. So it's almost like he yeah. you know had won the previous week, 2.7 mil across two weeks for himself. JT got 2.7 for first of course, but Lee Westwood picked up some good coin. He had a little lads and dads event. He was speaking of the masters. He was going out with his son to Augusta for Monday and Tuesday. So, you know, that will definitely come into the thoughts for the ultimate tease that we just discussed for what we're going to do this week. But uh, other than that, Corey Connors, great call Noto. That was uh, right up there. You had him, you had Harmon. You had, yeah JT, you were just all over it last week. So hopefully we can repeat that again and, get back after it here. Like you said, it was, a, it was a good week. It was a fun week. And now I kind of like it. You know, this was a tournament I was at live last year. The Honda has always been an incredible tournament. You know, Keith Mitchell knocking that 18-footer down in front of Ricky Fowler and Brooks Kepka to get his first win. Uh, JT getting it over Luke List in a playoff. Sung j watched it live last year with Mackenzie Hughes having a shot and Fleetwood going in the water in the last hole down the stretch. I mean, this is always a great tournament and I'm excited for this week. It sounds like we're going to have some weather involved possibly as well. Yeah, as usually the case with this tournament,
0: it's uh, it's a difficult tournament. I did uh, I did some some looking uh, last week or last night with uh, with the Honda. You look at the last fourteen years, I believe it's fourteen years. Yeah, um, only five players have made it to double digits under par in fourteen years, and three of those were in the same year uh, where you had two guys at minus ten and one at minus twelve. So uh, by no means a birdie fest with the Honda this week, particularly if the wind kicks up as it does sometimes in Florida. Uh, but that was the other thing about last week. When you looked at the way those scores started on Thursday morning, it was like there was no wind and everybody was still uh, tanking. So it's uh, just a unique course at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, <laughs> did you guys see the shot that uh, Brendan Todd hit on, on 17 yeah. on Sunday? Uh, you know, it uh, went along with all those that uh, Noto mentioned with the uh, Westwood or uh, Bryson Shank off the tee and uh, just bizarre some of the shots you'll see on uh, on that course but uh, hey noto i bet that shot made you feel better about your attempts there at 17
1: <laughs> yeah i hit the little wood <laughs> right in front on my first one and uh i got a seven on that hole so i beat kevin on benny on um so yeah that made me feel pretty good and uh it was a good week for uh, all of our subscribers we got a bunch of messages about uh some big hits so uh hopefully they listen to our good advice and uh, not our bad ones yes
0: for sure, for sure. Well, let's go ahead and dig into the uh, Honda Classic this week, and I'll uh, let Noto go through the course here in a second. But Tambo, you mentioned possible weather. What have you seen so far as far as possible impacts this week?
2: Yeah, certainly going to take another look at it. I believe it's you and I tomorrow night. So we, you know, we're talking a little bit on this show now that it's free. A little bit about some of the premium stuff. Obviously, we've got the Wednesday lineup HQ show. I think it's you and I tomorrow, cards, But we'll look at the yep. weather more in depth. But what I'd seen was, you know, Thursday looked like some wind, twenty miles per hour plus with Gus, obviously this is a wide open course. The way the setup is you got the bear trap there where the wind can really pick up just across. It's completely wide open. And then the other thing I saw was for Sunday looks like potential for 30 plus. So talk about a way to end a tournament where, like you said, guys already are, you know, minus six, minus five. That's the type of score we've got winning this thing. And now you're going to bring in potential 30 plus mile an hour winds that can make for a really great finish. A lot of carnage, if you like those types of tournaments and we normally talk about it on here that we do, uh, I'm all for it. I can't wait. So it just makes it even more exciting for the upcoming week.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it's, uh, it's a challenging course, as I mentioned a little bit ago. So you throw some wind and some elements in there. That's uh, not going to make it any easier for these guys. So my bold call again, if you're a premium subscriber, check out our expert survey, my bold call this week, that uh, uh, the uh, winning a winning GPP lineup in a, you know, lower entry uh, tournament uh, has five of six this week. I think it's possible. So we'll see if it gets there. But uh, Noto, why don't you go ahead and talk about the course a little bit and what makes it so challenging for these guys?
1: Yeah, PJ National, uh, Jack Nicholas design, very difficult. Uh, each of the last three years, it's been in the top five in terms of difficulty. Um, it's typically a lesson driver course. You hear a lot of golfers say they hit at max uh, five drivers per round here. Uh, and even with them, uh, you know, kind of clubbing down off the tee, the fairways are hard to hit. The greens are hard to hit. Uh, scrambling's tough around here, so there's really nothing easy. I think water's in play on 15 of the holes, uh, and there's only two par fives. So even for a shorter course, um, you're not going to see a lot of good scores. We typically see the winning score in the single digits, uh, and I expect that to be the case again this week with the wind uh, that Tambo mentioned there. As far as the type of golf I'm looking for, kind of similar to what we have been in Florida. Uh, second shot course for me Uh, you want to be a ball striker but you don't have to be you know a bomber type of ball striker so as long as you're in the fairway good with your irons uh, and a good short game uh, that's kind of what I'm looking for and then with the weather I'm looking for the grinder types too you know your Ian Poulter's guys that you feel like you're going to just give their all every single hole and not you know just uh, blow up and you know let one or two bad you know scores kind of ruin their day because there's going to be a lot of those out here and yeah that's pretty much it for me Par is
0: good, so uh, Par's you know, and, and noto doesn't have Brian Harmon this week, so I'm not sure oh, what man. he's gonna do. He but, would win, uh, <laughs> you know. We got to find the uh, you know, Jim Furick as the replacement for uh, for <laughs> Harmon this week, but uh, uh, Tambo, what you think about the uh, type of golfers and uh, and uh guys you're looking yeah. at
2: this week. Uh, I was just laughing because Furyk, but he actually will come up and be a topic this week. So we'll <laughs> save that for later. But yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with Noto on quite a few things there. I think one of the things that popped to me was that it does come up in quite a few of the quotes. You see, you know, you can always go back and again, people watch this for the first time. Maybe, you know, I spend a lot of time looking at these quotes and reading them that, you know, speaks to the course, different times of year, different weather elements, things that they encountered. And I think for me, the one that came up often was the fairways, how important it is to position yourself, to be able to even have that second shot in. And then to Noto's point, I think you know, fast firm is what we're expecting, a little bit of wind, things like that. There's going to be a lot of missed greens here. So if you're not good around the greens or you don't have the eligibility to scramble quite well, then it's going to make it really difficult on you. And then back to the grinder standpoint is when you're building your lineups in general, for me especially, uh, you know, I'm looking at it as if, you know, you're building four six out of sixes. That's what you're trying to do. So I am going to take into consideration what could be encountered on the weekend. And if it's going to be windy and we're going to have these situations, I am going to want some of these Furick, Zach Johnson's Poulter's. Some of these names we'll get to as we go down the list and just take my chances and hope they can squeeze out a cut and then have themselves a decent weekend. We saw last week, uh, I won't say it'll be identical by any means, but, you know, Justin Thomas wasn't even in the mix. That's why there was a 40 to one on Friday night. And then he goes and posts the 64 on a day like Saturday where there wasn't really much wind, was able to get out there early, do his thing, and then grind it out on Sunday and continue with just a, a ball striking clinic. Not saying everyone's going to be a JT here, but just to give you an example, uh, basically making the cut at tournaments like this is all you need to do. And you can sort of be in the mix. So, uh, you know, that for me is going to be a big factor when I'm building my lineups this week.
0: Yeah, for sure. Always, uh, always impressive when guys barely make it through the cut line and then end up winning a tournament. You don't see it too often, uh, but this could be one of those weeks. You're not going to see a lot of disparity in scores amongst the players who make the cut. You get through the weekend at, you know, you get to the weekend at maybe two over, and the leader is, you know, four or five under. um, You're in the mix. So, uh, we'll be fascinating to watch it unfold. Let's go ahead and start digging into the golfers this week. And I want to start by talking about, uh, you know, maybe the, the three or four golfers at the top. It, it's, a, it's a pretty weak field uh, this week. Sung J.M., the defending champ. Daniel Berger's gotten some attention. You got Neiman in there. Uh, but I think Berger deserves a mention first, and then we'll talk about these other guys. And the reason uh, is because Berger's been playing really well. He always plays good golf in Florida, but uh, rumors have started to creep up. He mentioned that he was dealing with a rib injury last week. I believe he had an MRI yesterday. Uh, And, you know, with the, we've already seen a lot of golfers withdraw from this event. So there are some concerns. So how are you guys handling Daniel Berger's injury risk and, you know, withdrawal risk this week uh, and weighing that against the fact that he clearly is one of the best golfers overall in this field. So Tambo, your thoughts on Berger, and then we'll talk about the other guys at the top.
2: Yeah. I'm hoping if he withdraws, he doesn't pull a Daniel Berger and wait till the tournament starts. I'm hoping we do get the early news. I mean, he's done this in the past, but I don't think it's intentional or he's just trying to be malicious with it. Obviously, you know, probably could care less about our fantasy lineups, but you know, we hope that if he does, you know, withdraw that he does it in advance. So, uh, other than that though, man, it's back to what I've always said about this injury report thing. It, you know, it's a, in this and something like golf, it's just going to give it a sense of people are going to be off of him. The more this, you know, rumors, if you will, linger on. They're not really rumors. He's talking about it. It's been posted by reputable websites and, and, and feeds out there. So I think, you know, if he plays, I'm going to play him because he's been grinding it out last week and got through. You know, think about Paul Casey last week. He was shaking his wrist on Thursday with a with a wrist wrap and 90% of Twitter said he's out, it's happening, he's done. Uh, where did he finish? T5 in the end. So sometimes they can just grind it out. I'm not going to go heavy with them. I'm not going to get stupid with it. I'm just saying it, it's just... A great if you're gonna get the guy that probably would have been the favorite and possibly the highest owned in the entire field at, at you know five to ten percent ownership because of rumors and because of you no, know, not just rumors, like I said, but just news that's out there. I am going to take shares of him and, and play him in my MME because he's just too good. And, and if he does gut it out and play through, the one thing that does worry me quite a bit, and talked about this yesterday on the fantasy golf Generous podcast, was that there is, it's almost like a look ahead spot in the NFL, right? Where sometimes people, you know, bet a ticket. They're like, how did that lose? This is this team versus that team, but not knowing about what they had in front of them. And we do have the WGC match play. We got some big events that are upcoming, obviously, uh, you know, this is the masters that he can get into. So, you know, he couldn't get into the one that we, everyone hated the fact that he didn't get into the November masters, but it's just the way the rules go. Well, I think he's going to be looking ahead a little bit. So that factor does worry me. I hope he's got a quote or something that comes out And, and if he can't play just withdraw take it, take it out for us and let us play some of these other guys. That's what I'm hoping for. All right. No, no agree or disagree on how to handle
0: burger this week.
1: Yeah. I think Tambo uh, mentioned it perfectly in that uh, I'm not going to use him um, in my main lineup, but I do think he's a great MME play. Uh, look, he played last week and he's going to play next week at the WGC. So I don't think he would be teeing it up um, if he didn't feel decent about the rib injury. Um, it's a concern for sure, but um, I think the fact that his ownership is going to go down because of it, uh, that more than makes up for it. So MME play for me, but uh, not going to make the final cut in my main lineup.
0: Yeah, I don't think it would be smart to obviously play him in a cash game setting or anything like that, given the uncertainty. Just pick your other favorite guy at the top uh, and maybe stick to burger in uh, in tournaments. So, all right, let's talk about the others. Uh, I mentioned a handful of them. We've got, uh, you know, a weaker field this week. So that's going to add some appeal to – Sung JM, defending champ at 11K on DraftKings. You've got Neiman. Uh, You've got Scott. You've got uh, the last couple weeks runner-up, Lee Westwood, there above 10K. And, Nodo, you mentioned maybe no Westwood this week. Is it a price thing or, uh, you know, he's playing over his head thing or what's your logic there? And who else do you like near the top?
1: Yeah, for Westwood, it's a combination of price and uh, probably fatigue. I mean, back-to-back solo seconds got to be a little bit taxing mentally. And went to Augusta for Monday and Tuesday. Now he's flying back to Florida for this event. So um for me, that's not great. And then this is the literal top. We are buying the top on Westwood. Um, he will never be this expensive again in a PJ tour event. If he is, I'll send out some top shots or something uh to our viewers. But I just don't think he's ever gonna be 10-6 again. So you're buying the top, doesn't mean it can't pay off. He's been, you know, playing some great golf, and he was even in good form, uh, you know, over in Europe before he came over, but Um, I just don't think he's as good as some of those priced around him. Um, I'm also worried about Adam Scott. I mean, he's lost strokes t to green in three straight tournaments. That's his worst stretch in 2015. Uh, I know he's played great here throughout his career, but um, he was great at, you know, TBC Sawgrass and he was T48 last week. So that's a little bit concerning. Neiman hasn't been great on Bermuda throughout his career. So uh, for me, all signs kind of point to Sung Jay, obviously the winner here last year always play him on shorter Bermuda courses. Um, his irons haven't been good recently, but he's still, you know, popping out top 25 finishes. So for me, I see that as a, a way to improve moving forward. Uh, he's one of the best drivers in the field, really good short game and, uh, the irons can turn around. So, uh, Sung Jay is my favorite above 10 K.
0: All right. Uh, Tambo, your thoughts on the, uh, other golfers above 10 K. Um, any, any hot takes there?
2: Not really. I think I like what Noto said there with Sungjae. It's you know it's fine, especially. But the one thing I think here for sure, and this is just me right now, from what I've seen, just spending the first couple days on it, is that if Berger goes out, so it's sort of that if-then scenario. I think everyone automatically goes to him. It's so easy to find two hundred dollars on this slate. He'd be the next guy. He's already the favorite. A lot of people got these you know uh, defending champion tickets out there where they were able to get Sungjae at thirty-three to one that they're all banking on those. So it's almost like a, a, a round two of JT where there's community bets out there, and I think. For me, the guy I actually like is Neiman dropping down. If you look back, at, you can go on, you know, the, the long-term tools and look at this over the last three months, Neiman's actually number one in the field, T to green over 20 rounds, five events. He's beating Daniel, just only Daniel Berger and T to green, who we just talked about and like, and he's got him uh, beaten approach and he's really beating him around the green. So again, it always comes down to the putter with a guy like Neiman. But again, what is he, 22 years old? I think he's the guy that almost is, as we always talk about, sort of the forgotten man when you've got Hovland, Wolf, Morikawa, some of these other guys. Neiman's right there in the mix with them. And just seeing all that, he also had a quiet 29th place last week that just nobody was talking about, just sort of did his thing. It can be a bit of sticker shock because he was 7,700 last week and now it takes quite a jump but don't forget what that field was compared to this one it's a it's a big talent difference as well so happy to go up to him last thing I'll say cards and flip it back to you is just uh, I didn't mention this before when you asked what I was looking for but one thing I'm not looking for is guys that, that are using this place to sort of quote-unquote get right so a guy like Adam Scott it's not that he's been horrible but at this price at this tournament I know he's got the history here and won and whatnot but I, I just don't feel like it's the spot to come in and find your game and go out and pull something off like this so Neiman M and then Berger, if he plays, are the three that I'm in on up here at the top.
0: Yeah, I like Neiman. Um, I, I just think that, uh, you know, the, the way he's playing now overall and his ability to, you know, to go out and make birdies. And um, I am waiting par four scoring a little bit more this week. You've got uh, uh, two extra par fours. Uh, I, I just think he fits the course nicely. He's seventh in par four scoring this year. A uh, guy we can get to in just a minute. Russell Henley is actually first, which surprised me. Uh, given the fact that Henley has been, you know, by his standards, a little underwhelming of late, but uh, I know Noto has got uh, Henley tagged up in our uh, premium content here as well this week, and he's your first golfer there in the 9K range. Where we've got Henley, we've got uh, Gooch, Lowry, Chris Kirk. I mean, these are guys that you're used to being in the, you know, in the mid 7Ks maybe at best. So, uh, just goes to show you how much the field drops off. And this tournament used to be held. Before the players and before the Arnold Palmer, uh, so the you know the shift in schedule to the current date uh, has certainly hurt the field strength here, uh, and and that's why it's it's so weak. But uh, I like Neiman with Tambo there above uh, above 10K. So uh, Noto, go ahead and head to the 8K or the 9Ks, and uh, you can talk about uh, Henley.
1: Yeah, I like Henley, uh, his form recently hasn't been great, but regardless of what time uh, frame you're looking at, he's going to be number one in this field and stroke stand approach. Also number one in this field in bogey avoidance. Um, he's had progressively better finishes here in five straight years, uh, including an eighth last year. And he's one of those guys that he's going to play well at the same courses every year. So I uh, really like the spot for uh, Henley. And I've been using course comps a little bit more in my model. Um, I talk about it in my video, which all of you uh, premium subscribers can check out each week. Um, and in the the seven courses that I'm looking at this week, TPC Summerlin, Pebble, YLI TPC Sawgrass, Colonial, Innisbrook and Harbortown. Uh, he's number two in the course comp uh, you know, index that I come up with each week. So I like that quite a bit. I was going to be off of Gooch because I thought he would be more popular, but uh, if he's only going to be 15%, I might have to change my tune on that one a little bit. Coming into in great form, he's a guy that when he makes a cut, um, he tends to move up the leaderboard on the weekend, similar to what we saw last week at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, Lowry, he's fine. He plays well in the wind. I think that's a big boost for him. Um, but he's very hit or miss. So if he's going to be twenty percent, he's a guy that I don't mind being underweight on. Then I got to go back to my guy, uh, Cameron Tringali. Just uh, oh, yeah. continues to play well each and every week. Missed a cut last week, but he gained strokes ball striking, um, and he's been in awesome form for a few months now. So love Tringali, and I think I'll be underweight on Kirk just because I don't know. It feels like he's too expensive. He was seventy one hundred last week. He was in the six Ks a couple weeks before that. So. I got to fade somebody here and it's going to be uh Kirk for me.
0: All right. So uh, we're going to go ahead and try to, uh, to run a little uh, giveaway game here. So uh, if you are watching us live on Tuesday evening in our chat bar, um, feel free to, to drop an answer to our questions here. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pick a sort of random um, lower owned golfer this week that we like as a value play. So it'd be a golfer we haven't discussed yet generally a value option, somebody who's on the DFS radar for this week, but uh, is certainly not going to have a lot of ownership. So that's the hint that we were going to give kind of a random name drop here. Uh, and the person, if a person gets it right, uh, we'll, uh, we'll let the chat know that, you know, eventually that it has been, uh, it has been guessed. Uh, and then we will reveal that uh, winner towards the end of the show. And we'll give you a free weekly premium subscription here at Roto So if you're already a premium subscriber, um, don't, uh, don't spoil the fun for those who might not be and, and, and who might want to guess. So guess one of our, uh, lower owned value golfers this week. Uh, our producer Devin has a, uh, a little, um, uh, photo ready, uh, showing the, uh, the, the, the correct golfer. So we can't play any games here. The golfer has already been chosen by us before the show. So again, value on the DFS radar, but lower owned this week, uh, we'll limit, everybody just a couple guesses. We don't want anybody spamming the chat, but uh, take a couple of your best guesses at this uh, unnamed golfer that we will, uh, we will reveal later in the show. So drop your guesses in the chat if you are watching us live, but uh, we'll go through a few more uh, golfers here and uh, Tambo, go ahead and talk about some of your favorites in this uh, 9k range.
2: Yeah. The two I liked, it's a tough, it's a smaller range. The so no, no, obviously hit on them. I guess the biggest thing for me was coming around on Gucci a little bit more. Just looking at it today, Uh, Par four scoring that you just mentioned cards, you know, some of the stats lined up and then just thinking he'd be a little bit more popular than Lowry, but you know, I I bet Lowry, but I'm almost happy to leave it at that because it's like, either he does or he doesn't. I know there's a lot of narrative going in with Shane Lowry here, you know, lives down the street, the game that he showed the open, you know, Uh, he won the open, he's declared jug holder. So, I mean, he's got that going for him. If you got the windiness and things like that, that pop up, he's got great hands around the green. Good result there last week, 21st here last year. There's a lot of great things to say about him, but the ownership is really creeping up already. And it's only Tuesday uh, if Gooch is going to be lower owned. And then I like Henley and Tringali. Tringali, again, you know, talk about a spot to get right. I just mentioned, so he misses the cut last week but if you look uh before that and he barely missed it but it was 31st 26 7 17 18 the guy's just been playing some incredible golf you flip over to the stats and he's got everything in his in his favor over the last 3 months for tee to green he's in the top 10 in this field for approach he's in like the top 10 top 5 top 10 like he's right there uh, around the green would worry me a little bit but I don't know he hits a lot of greens as it is so uh we'll have to see how that goes but I think just at that price and if he's going to be much less popular than some of the other guys around him, it's looking like 14% right now. I'll play him over Kirk. That's what I do know. So Henley, uh, Gooch and Tringali are the three guys for me in there.
0: All right. Yeah. I like Henley as well. So we'll make it a clean sweep there. Um, and it's just, it gets tough to pull the trigger on uh, on some of these golfers because they're more expensive than we're used to paying but uh, that's going to be the case for almost everybody in this field it's just uh, the nature of a weak field event everybody's dealing with the same salary cap so uh, it's all relative as they like to say but uh, uh, we've got ricky fowler at 8900 so uh, he always seems to come up either he's got good course history or heck it's a weak field so surely this has to be the week for sir fowler um, I don't know. I let you guys talk me into it one week and that was about enough for me. So I, I think I've got a pass on Fowler here going forward, but uh, uh, you know, you got Doug Gim and Brendan Steele in there. Gim has been in, in the mix the last couple of weeks uh, and he's an Illinois guy. So uh, always a fan of Doug Gim and his Sunday collapses have made his results look a lot worse than he's played. And you know, it's part of the uh, part of the growing pains for a young golfer making his way onto the PGA Tour. And I thought it was really nice of Justin Thomas to say, you know, hey, you know, condolences on your round, or here's, you know, here's what, uh, giving some tips there, coming off the 18th green after Justin Thomas won the tournament and could have very easily just, you know, brushed off Doug Gim. I thought that was pretty classy of JT to do that last week as they were walking off the 18th hole. So uh, I'm a Gim fan. He's been playing better golf than you know than the Sunday rounds would indicate. I think you can attribute some of that to nerves. I think eventually he'll be better for it. Uh, so, you know, steel, I think is going to be the popular pick in this range, but uh, I don't mind going back to Gim and I'm off of Fowler for now. So that's my thoughts on the high end of the eight K range. Uh, Tambo, I'll let you have first dibs at this one. Who are you looking at in here?
2: I was going to bring up Fowler because you mentioned earlier, not too many golfers have gone double digits under par here. And he is one of them, but. Uh, Like I said, I don't think it's a spot to get right. He certainly has a lot to get right with his game. So if you wanted to make an exception and almost call him like a a Russell Henley 2.0, where you're saying, look, you know, he has been good. This is a place he's been good. Obviously winning here, some great results and you want to play course history factor. And then the motivation side of things, obviously uh, really just getting destroyed in the world golf rankings right now, missing out on some big opportunities ahead, watching his guy, Justin Thomas, just go take down the players, a tournament that he had won in the past Uh, so you know there's some ties there but I I don't know I'm with you on Gim I like him I always like Cam Davis Uh, again I think this price is good I think it's fair there may be some sticker shock to it and you know disappointed the last couple times out but as far as if you look back again over the last three months six months whatever it's not really needing to get right after one or two events it's really he's been playing some great golf Uh, the other thing I always talk about with Cam Davis is when he makes the cut that upside is there, whether it's from position placement points and doing well in the tournament. Which I think, by the way, if we look, I believe he made top ten here last year. Yeah, eighth place here uh, last week. He still, you know, missed the cut a couple of weeks, you know, two weeks in a row. But forty third, 14th, 32nd, second, third, and thirty first before that. So I'm perfectly comfortable with him. He also really does outscore his finishing position quite often. And here we're just talking. You, you're already hot taking five out of six, taking out a tournament. I'm not even against that. Uh, you know, I almost had some last week that were like that in some of the, you know, the hundred dollars stinger or things like that, where it actually could have taken it down with just like a Hatton in your lineup. So I could see that happening again this week. And then one guy I like Keegan Bradley, but he's got ownership with them. But the guy that is going overlooked here, as far as our ownership projections are concerned right now is Dylan Fratelli and his Tita green game was right up there with burger last week. And really just didn't have the putter. He's got a solid around the green game. I know he can play well in the wind. Uh, South South African, you know, he's got some of these, Uh, you know, types of courses that he plays on already and a lot in the wind and weather. So I think he'd be a guy to grind it out and coming off a pretty nice week for himself two times out here. He's made the cut two out of three 58th and 11th. So I think uh, he'd be an interesting play at 6% at just 8,200. And then I'll leave Poulter. Uh, Noto did drop his name. I I do like Poulter quite a bit as well at 8,100.
0: All right. So some interesting golfers in this eight K range that uh, maybe even better than the nine K's I've actually seen some Matt Wallace buzz on the Twitter machine as well. So Uh, nothing's crazy in this field. So Noto, your thoughts on the 8Ks here.
1: Yeah, Ben Matt Wallace for a top 10. He's kind of a European grinder type, really good short game. Uh, he's been good at Florida, T18 at the API. Uh, had a couple other high finishes in Florida a couple years ago. So don't mind him as a lower owned option. Um, going back up to the top of the range, this is where Brendan still um, was like seven or eight over par. Everyone was telling him he was one of the highest owned golfers of the week. Uh, I think it was three or four years ago. Came back, made the most epic run ever to make the cut. Finish in the top 15, um, I'll never forget that moment. If they ever have a golf top shot, um, I want that round encapsulated. Um, anyway, uh, so that was pretty good. He's been in good form, Tito Green. I know he's going to be highly owned. But I will play him over Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley has gained 5.3 and 4.2 strokes with the short game the last two weeks. That will never happen again in the history of his career. Um, okay, maybe it will. But What not, happens again? Not Keegan Bradley
0: soon. does that or Lee Westwood is 10, 10.6K?
1: Lee West, it'll be 14K before <laughs> Keegan will gain that many strokes short game in two two tournaments in a row. Just kidding. But, I mean, I don't know. Uh, the ball striking hasn't been as good. I, I just see him as a as a fade given the ownership. Um, so, I'll be off of him. I like the Cam Davis call. Uh, Ricky Fowler, I just looked up his world ranking. He dropped all the way down to 81. So, even if he wins this week, I don't know if he's into the match play. How crazy is that?
2: Yeah, it's bad. I got the clutch
0: mute in there before the sneeze. So uh, that was uh, that was a W for today. Uh, so that did not blare over everybody's microphone. Uh, but uh, in the process of that, I, uh, I missed a lot of what Noto was saying. So I apologize. But uh, <laughs> if, Fowler could, if Fowler wins, he's... I, mean, he, I, sure I don't know he, how
1: the, the points work, but he's 81st right now.
0: Well, it's not going to matter. He's not going <laughs> to matter. Um, <laughs> anything else in the 8Ks? Uh, I don't really have a whole lot to add uh outside of
2: the guys we've already talked about. yeah all go we, ahead we, Noto. yeah go with bolter for sure and then i'll add one more Noto, go ahead
1: all right so his approach game hasn't been great recently but he's just a grinder type he posted a funny video after his first round with uh stenson and rory saying those four were combined 29 over par so he's not taking himself too seriously he is right on the bubble when it comes to the match play he's at 65th in the world he needs to be in the top 66 assuming you know tiger's not going to be there brooks isn't going to be there um, but he, he loves Florida. Um, and again, uh, the worse the conditions get, the more I like, uh, a guy like Poulter.
2: Yeah. All right. I, I do. I, I was gonna say, I do love Poulter for that. I'm glad you brought up the narrative piece there because last time I played him with the narrative, it was at the Houston open and it was a six figure week for me. So I can certainly get, get on board with a, a Poulter motivation week. Cause that was a huge win over Bo Hostler in the playoff, which was quite uh, exciting to watch. But my other guy I was going to mention was just Wyndham Clark and give him a little bit of a pass. He's actually got some pretty good course history here. He's only shown up around 10% ownership, 11th and 7th, the last two times out. Uh, he did miss the last two cuts, but he was a debutante at both those events, really tough events in the players and the API. But before that, 8th, 36, 32nd, 54th. I mean, he's been right in the mix. I certainly think he's a a pretty good play here in this field versus what he had to, you know, go up against the last couple of weeks. So if you wanted a a sort of another guy there in the eight K range, that'd be the one at the very bottom that I could get behind.
0: All right. And for those who might've just tuned in again, if you're watching us live, we are giving away a week of Roto grinders premium access for anybody who can guess our random value play of the week. And again, somebody who's on the DFS radar, but definitely doesn't have a lot of ownership. Uh, the people who have been guessing in the uh, in the chat have been kind of in the ballpark of the type of player we're talking about. Uh, little hint, he is under 7K on DraftKings, so under 7,000 on DraftKings for your guests. We'll let everybody throw another guess out there, and uh, hopefully we really want to give away a winner and a, and a week of premium content here. Lots of great stuff over on Roto-Grinders for you to check out if you are a premium subscriber, so we want to give somebody the chance to try that out for a week. Uh, so again, the random value, we'll talk about them later in the show, but I uh, want somebody to, to guess that correctly. So keep on throwing some guesses in the chat. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and move into the 7K range here where uh, the field really starts to thin out. You got uh, Kevin Streelman, looks like he's going to get some ownership. Zach Johnson, uh, you know, par's a good score. It's a nice week to, to maybe take a shot on Zach Johnson. Um, you know, Matt Jones, I've seen getting some love. So uh, Noto, your thoughts on the 7K range?
1: Yeah, uh, we got to get a winner this week. Uh, so if we if we don't get one soon, maybe we'll give out a, an, an easy hint. Um, I I have one, but I think it would it would. Uh, I don't want to give it
0: away I, yet. I don't want to <laughs> completely give it away yet. I want somebody to really get it, but uh, we'll uh, we'll get there.
1: Oh, uh, somebody posted about Rory Sabs. It's not him, but uh, did you guys see the video with Speed yes. last week? Oh my so gosh, much. that was gold. Uh, you can't find it anymore, but um, anyway. It back to the seven case. Um, so Kevin Stroman rates out well for me, Zach Johnson rates out well for me, Matt Jones rates out well for me. Uh, I mean, I like them all. Uh, they're actually all top 13 in my model, which is kind of crazy given, uh, you know, just the type of golfers that they are. They're typically more cup makers than anything else, but uh, I'll give the edge to Jones uh, of the three. And if they're all going to be pretty low and I get are pretty low owned, I guess I'll, I'll be overweight on them. Uh, somebody in the chat mentioned Brandon Wu. I kind of like that for tournaments. He was in great form on the Corn Fairy Tour. T seven of the Puerto Rico Open. Um, so I'll take a chance on him. Uh wasn't there a and...
0: Wu that was playing in the Outlaw Tour around a year ago when we were we were doing Outlaw Tour stuff because there was nothing else? No offense to the Outlaw been. Tour. Was it him? I don't know. That's what I was trying to remember. Was it him or was it a different mm-hmm. woo? I
1: think it was Brandon Wu because he played on the Corn Ferry tour. Because so I remember, right, he was always one of the most expensive guys.
0: Right, because obviously he was high class for the, you know, the Outlaw Tour. So uh, I think it was. So, I mean, you got to play him now. If you played any Outlaw Tour yeah. last, you know, May, June, July, when there was nothing else going on, I mean, it's destiny. So. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, I like MJ, MJ Dufu, that Dufu guy was uh, playing in those two, and we've seen him a couple times. So, yeah, I, I like that D-
2: I think it was Dylan. I think it was Dylan, but
1: Dylan Wu. Yeah, I think you're right.
2: Yeah. I played a oh, lot. Of outlaw, I mean, trust me. but uh, you just spoiled the fun. I think you well, are not right. spoiling anything. Brandon Wu literally just came like seventh in the Puerto Rico <laughs> open a couple weeks ago. Like this is a great play at 7,800 that half the world won't know. And you can hop on. So might've spoiled know, but the it outlaw was gonna, tour. It fun, was but... more
0: fun when he was the outlaw tour guy. Yeah, <laughs> when he was our pretend. hero. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Go ahead. Noto. Uh, oh, no, I'm done with that range, but I was going to say, didn't a uh, baseball old baseball pitcher win one of those events? Uh, yes, that, that happened
2: as well. Now I won't remember <laughs> his name either, but yeah, there was a there was a situation
1: oh, there. Hell tour, a lot
2: of fun. Uh, I you know I wish we could get some of that back. I know we got some corn fairy tour now on DraftKings, but yeah. Uh, did you talk about Poston? No, no, that was your your tag here, and I, I want you. Know, I'll, I'll go if you want. He's a great play this week, I think.
1: Yeah, you know, sorry, so- I skipped over my uh, my mind's going in too many places right now. Uh, yeah, I love Poston this week. Anytime you get him on shorter Bermuda courses. Uh, I'm on board. I'm not worried about the ball striking because he has one of the best short games around three for three here. uh, No worse than T36. And I bet him on outright twin too. I think he's 70 to one on the DK sports book. So yeah, uh, if you are eligible for that, uh, I highly recommend it.
2: I I like him quite a bit actually. And you know, just another tidbit to add in on here, you know, cards and I are always notorious, no pun intended about going on about these good Sunday rounds. And we talked earlier cards about, you know, par being a good score. How about bogey free Sunday at the players for JT Poston as a way to come into this tournament where, you know, he's gotta be, you know, looking for a, another W he won at the Wyndham, which is a Bermuda course that we comped last week, where this course also kind of comes to talk about Ricky Fowler, winning the players, the Honda JT winning the players, the Honda. I mean, these definitely go together. It's literally the same thing. Almost time of year, all of those factors. And uh, Poston watched his buddy, Max Homa, Win the, win the genesis at Riviera. He's got to be feeling like it's time to go out and get himself another. So at 7,900, he actually feels underpriced to me, as crazy as that may seem. And if he's only going to be 7% owned, I think he's one of the better value plays this week. I'm with Noto on Streelman. I like some, and Jones even, but I, I like some other guys here. I like, you know, List, can go back to him. I think just, you know, again, not necessarily getting right from the last couple times out, but how well he's been playing over the last three to six months. I think he's still been playing some pretty good golf for list. Uh, you know, that's the thing. And at that price tag, if he makes the cut, could give you some upside, have some good vibes coming back here. Harold Varner, definitely a grinder. You talk about that power four scoring. That's right up his alley. We like this guy at this price in much stronger fields. And now he's at 7,600 in this field. I think that's more than fine. Ryan Moore, uh, what about this though, Noto, last week, your, your bold take on the Wednesday premium show was Roy Sabatini greater than Rory McIlroy. It Easy. certainly came through. <laughs> what brought, what brought that up and how many beers deep were you at that
1: time? Uh, well, zero beers deep, unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't know why we were just talking about Rory, uh, you know, all of his uh, struggles. And then uh, we said maybe the better Rory will beat him. And then, so that ended up being my hot take at the end of the show. But yeah, I like him. Uh, Florida course, anytime it's difficult. And in Florida, I'm on board.
2: Yeah, I I agree. That's what I thought. And and he kind of fits the, uh, I think you mentioned Heritage a little bit last week and this week and kind of why we liked him. He's done well there. So again, a guy that could just grind, make you the cut. I don't think he's going anywhere near beyond, you know, maybe a top 20, if you will. But I just think that's fine. At 7,200, you could take a guy like him and find your way to the top of the leaderboard that way. So I'm okay with him at 7,200. All right. We do have a winner in our random player challenge.
0: So we'll give that away here in about five or 10 minutes. Stick around if you're watching and you've made a guess here recently, we've got a winner. Uh, So we will give away a week of Roto grinders premium to the uh, successful person who guessed that uh, right here in a few minutes. So kudos to the winner in advance. All right. So let's go through some of these other seven K options. Tambo likes to needle me about Johnny Vegas uh, because I got him right. Like once upon a time, Uh, But I think he's actually viable this week, and he's going to get some ownership at like 10%. So now that he's becoming a little chalkier, I'm not sure how I feel about it. But, uh, you know, McNeely, Neesmith, Richie Warinski, Van Royen, I mean, these guys are capable of popping. They're not the most consistent golfers, but, you know, there's some guys in this range that, I mean, they don't feel any worse than, you know the 83 84 85 hundred dollar options so i'll probably be a little bit overweight on some of these mid 7k golfers in in gpps Uh, noto other thoughts on this uh, range for you before we move along to the values
1: yeah i like naismith Uh, i like sabatini i'll be overweight on adam long Uh, his proximity numbers are pretty good t22 last week i believe with the players t27 last year here um and then ryan moore i mean he rates out really well for me but he's made two cuts since like august it's just he just hasn't been playing a lot of golf i just don't really know where his game's at his irons haven't been as good as they typically are uh so i don't know i don't know if he's going to be the popular guy down here i don't mind being underweight on him
2: all right tambo any other thoughts on this range for you before we move along I like uh, I like Sabatini, Wrensky. I liked more. I'm surprised to see the ownership, at almost 12. percent I mean, he played well last week. I was gonna say that was sort of the good thing, but uh, the guy I was on mentioned him yesterday too was Matthew Neesmith. I, I just think uh, too strong with his with his overall game stats wise. Uh, you know, coming in here, that looks pretty good to me, and I bet him as well at 100 to one. I thought that was good. 38th here last year. Uh, again, last last couple of weeks out are tougher events. It's kind of like that same thing that I talked about with Wyndham Clark earlier before the last couple of weeks. 20th, 16th, 7th. And now he comes into a field that's just much, much weaker. So uh, I do like him. Wierenski, who I mentioned. Adam Long, who Noto mentioned. Great week last week, just very quiet. And if you go back, even in this year's, just, just past, this year's U.S. Open, he came like top 15. And that's a tough field, very tough track. And now you're going into the same sort of situation coming off a pretty good week. So I could go back to him. And then if you want to play that same U.S. Open narrative, just a grinder with a name that no one's really going to be on this week. But he's actually coming in off three straight made cuts got uh, a fourth, 17th, 21st, and three of his last four years here. And that's Lucas Glover at 7,000. We all, we know what he needs to do, but at 7,000, that's baked into the price. Like, yeah, he has to make some putts. He has to do his thing, but can he grind out a made cut? Yes. Can he do something over Saturday? And maybe then we just spoils us on Sunday and and really, you know, ruins our lineup on Sunday. Okay. But I'm going to build for that. And I'm happy to do it at 7,000 with a guy like Lucas Glover this week. So uh, a little bit more risky play, but I think he's fine at 7K straight mute yep
0: muted uh we're good now all right before we get into the uh value plays i've got uh, just a couple promos we're doing over at roto grinders so uh, if you are interested in becoming a roto grinders premium subscriber we are giving you the option to select specific sports for your premium subscription now so uh, you can you know pick and choose whether it's golf obviously if you're watching this we think you're probably interested in golf uh, but uh, NBA MLB seasons coming up basically uh, you can pick and choose what you want as part of your premium subscription a la carte style Um And you can use the promo link in the description of the uh, video and uh, Devin, our producer, will drop it in the chat to get $10 off uh, your first month of single sport premium. Or you could choose the combo package, which basically includes every sport except for uh, NASCAR, which is on its own. So check that out. You can click the link and uh, and learn more. And then also we have an affiliate site, uh, Scores and Odds, which Notorious and Tambo and I, we all do some uh, picks. Uh, betting picks it's a sports betting site so uh, you can check that out we've got uh, five days for five dollars five days for five dollars promo going on at scores and odds that offer is available through march 22nd so through next monday just in time for march madness Uh, so again five days for five bucks scores and odds we're doing a lot of stuff over there up and coming good stuff to come there so check out those and again we've got our winner of the contest which we will get to here in uh, just a moment. So uh, we'll talk about some of our other favorite values before we get to the, uh, the winning selection, but uh, plenty of you know reasonable punts below six K. I'm not sure you want to be going to too many players in the uh, punt zone, but uh, you know, maybe take a shot on one to round out your lineup. I've seen some love for Sep Straka, uh, Denny McCarthy, you know, a few names that uh, have been bandied about a little bit, but uh, Tambo, you got a couple favorites under that seven K mark this week.
2: I mentioned Furyk earlier, and uh, like I said, it may come across uh, as a joke, but he's popular, so of course I like him. Right, eleven percent at sixty nine hundred, sure. But I, I don't know. I think it's just it's pretty interesting, that, you know, the the dynamic of it and how it sets up. I think you will need some of these guys in your lineup. That's again back to you know pumping the show over tomorrow. We appreciate you guys here today with us, but when cards and I go through it tomorrow, that's exactly what we're looking at. What do these winning builds look like? What do we think everybody's doing in these large field tournaments and how can we leverage ourselves against that? So it's certainly a show to tune into. Uh, He would be a guy that stands out to me as maybe being a a plug and play. But one thing I'll say about that, just because he is showing up at 11% right now, is I think a lot of people stop at Furyk and try and fit him in as their last guy in. I'll be looking at situations tomorrow, especially where we can try and use him as the second last guy get him to grind, make that cut, maybe get you a top 20 and have one more guy in behind him, you know, pop up and be able to make that line of work and really get some powerhouses at the top end, because we already talked about some of those mid ranges where it's maybe not as strong, uh, Bo Hogue really interesting guy down here. Uh, some won't know this backstory on him, but it is kind of interesting. His grandfather was like best friends with Jack Nicklaus. So people always lean to that with him at the Memorial, his grandfather actually helped with the Mirfield village course and you know, that ties in, this is a Jack Nicklaus redesign. So, you know, long-term. So I think that is kind of interesting. He's been playing some pretty good golf, 6,600 bucks. Sep Straka, Adam Shank for guys that can just make a cut and grind out the weekend. Keep going down. St- old, old man Stewie Sink. He stands out a little bit to me as li- just a little bit too cheap at 6,500. And then Tyler McCumber, the namesake, I'll leave it off with that and let you guys take over. But I uh, played some really good golf there last week. I think uh, he's a guy that also sets up well here and at 6,400 seems pretty odd after he was competing in a much stronger field last week, playing quite well and now gets to come out here and basically the you know exact same conditions or, or at least similar and gets to come out with a, a, just a much weaker field. So I like him at 6,400 as well.
0: You know, I, I was looking at some of the discussion in the chat. Noto talked about the outlaw tour being his most profitable DFS sport ever. And I remember Noto had a couple hot weeks right out of the gate with the outlaw tour and you know there wasn't a lot of content to be found for that so all of a sudden everyone who was reading Noto's stuff over on Roto grinders started everyone started using like the same lineup and you'd see a, a 50-50 and everybody's using the same outlaw tour lineup that uh, that Noto was you know writing up in, in most of them in his article and you could kind of figure it out Uh, because Noto was doing so well that Noto ended up having to list fewer players in his outlaw tour articles to, uh, (laughs) to keep you know, everybody from overlapping his lineups. Those were the good old days. Uh, But uh, anyway, speaking of good old days, we'll uh, announce the winner of the uh, the contest. So my favorite uh, 1.1% owned that we have right now value play of the week is Mr. Charles Schwartzel uh this could backfire in my face uh when he finishes you know dead last or something but uh anytime you get on a course where par is a good score you know you have to grind it out i think will becomes interesting he's got a couple top 20s here the last two years nobody's talking about him nobody's gonna own him 6800 not an exorbitant price tag uh i like it this week as a punt value you could do worse in that 6k range so i believe Harry Brandt in the YouTube chat uh, is our uh, winner. So uh, kudos to everybody for playing. And uh, we'll ask that uh, maybe you connect with our producer, uh, Devin, to uh, to hook you up with your winning prize there. So congrats on the guests of Schwartzel. We'll see if I'm on Schwartzel Island or if anybody is going to, you know, come along for the ride. But Noto, Schwartzel or any other values this week
1: for you? Yeah, I don't mind uh, Schwartzville a little bit. And, uh, yeah, all my outlaw tour money, they went right back into the pool. Uh, I don't think I won <laughs> one week the next six months in golf. That was uh, that was a brutal stretch once we started back up. So uh, all that money's back to the community. You know, I like to give back. Um, favorite 6K guys. I like Furyk a lot. It's hard not to compare to the names around him. Showed some life in California. Uh, good course history here. Really like Johnny, huh? Uh, made seven of eight cuts. He didn't play once uh, between March and October. He kind of just took all that time off. He's played eight events since he's made seven of uh, eight cuts. He's got pretty good course history here. Uh, he's one of those guys that just doesn't make a lot of mistakes. So I think that makes a lot of sense for a guy below seven K. Uh, Denny McCarthy is interesting. Obviously, one of the better putters. Um, I'd never seem to get him right. So I don't know what I'm going to do with him yet. I like the Strockler call. Then the only other guy uh, that I have in my player pool right now is Scott Stallings. Uh, he's gained on approach in five straight tournaments and uh, looks like he's got some decent course history here too.
0: There is also a Steven Stallings Jr. that uh, I'm not sure if they're related that Monday qualified, but uh, alas, if you're looking to play Stallings, make sure you don't select the wrong player because uh, they're both S Stallings. So uh, just uh, mind yourself if you're going to click that button and don't want to get the wrong one in your lineups. Anything else, Tambo, for uh, values for you?
2: I'm trying to think here. Have I had any more? Uh, I think the only other one that I was looking at here was. That thins out pretty good this week. (laughs) Yeah. The, the one that I liked down here was 6,200 was Chase Seifert. This is another guy. He's an FSU guy, right? I believe with Brooks and Kepka that, you know, played, he's played well for us in the past. It's not someone I'm going to be Heavy on, like I said, I'm going to be looking though at stacking some of these values. I think there's, you know, quite a bit of the win equity in this tournament, in my opinion, at least, is at the top. So I uh, missed the cut here last year, but last time out got 15th. I think that was at, I want to say it was at uh, the workday. Yeah, workday, you got 15th. So yeah, just a, a little sneaky play there down at the bottom at 6,200. I'll, I'll leave it with that. Yeah, there's not too much once you get down to the
0: uh, the very bottom of the player pool. This, uh, this field thins out pretty good. And, uh, you know, we almost got a full hour out of uh, a pretty week on to classic field. So it was super exciting to be back uh, doing the free shows for all of you and hanging out on the YouTube chat. Uh, and again, we'll do this little one uh, one week of RG premium giveaway, but uh, tons of other good premium content over at Roto Grinders. We got our uh, uh, GPP article that I write. we got the core plays article that Noto writes. Uh, Tambo and I are going to do the uh, lineup HQ breakdown video tomorrow. Uh, Tambo also does a final round showdown video. So plenty of good stuff. Encourage you to check us out. Uh, our winner from our contest, will get to check out a week on us and uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. So I think is next week, the match play already. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So then match play DraftKings has the last they canceled the match play last year so it's it's been a couple years since they rolled it out but I believe DraftKings did offer some contests it's pretty hard to uh, to go through that in you know in this setting from a DFS perspective but I think they did start offering um, contests for the the match play a couple years back Uh, but there also will be a secondary event uh, at Corrales in Punta Cana in the Dominican next week which I would imagine will be the uh, primary event for DFS content uh, and, and contests. So uh, we'll, we'll have to
2: remember the match play not to cut you off, but that's why people want to get their RG premium membership is there's a ton of strategy to it. It's actually one of my um, favorite tournaments of the year where you can literally win a tournament on Saturday potentially and, and have a GPP taken down if nobody else has got the right mixture of the pool in there. So a lot of strategy will be going into next week and I'm super excited about it. So yeah, de- definitely a fun one. And then like you said, the Corrales, I think it is, or it's something like that on the other side, but yeah, it's going to be a good one.
0: Uh, definitely a good week when you can play two different, you can sweat two different golf contests. Derek can donate to two charities at once uh, <laughs> if he wants to uh, <laughs> during the week. So we'll have you covered we'll have to see what the sites offer for contests and prize pools next week. And we'll figure that out as we go. But uh, until then, it's a wrap for this week, everybody. Thanks for watching for Tambo and Noto and our producer, Devin. I'm Justin. Have a great week. Take care. And we will see you next Tuesday. Bye everybody.